Welcome to Changing the Game, the podcast which will bring to you stories of people who are disrupting the status quo via innovation and diversity. And each episode will delve into the unique stories of leaders in several industries, from investors to founders and everyone in between. You will gain invaluable insights and strategies from awesome individuals who are pushing the boundaries, raising funds and making a difference. Join us as we explore the ever-changing world of entrepreneurship and everything that comes with it. Changing the Game is powered by Vichy Ventures, the venture partners that dare the founders to aim for the extraordinary and is nurturing the innovation ecosystems with 1 million seeds. So, subscribe now and don't miss the next episode of Changing the Game. Hello everyone, welcome to one more uh, episode of Changing the Game. So, Mahalo, welcome. Thank you so much, great to be here, Wilson. So, it's very good to have uh, Mahalo, Mahalo Bozek today from Invited. So, uh, we'll, we'll go through the story, so I'll tell you guys how I met Mahalo. But uh, Mahalo, today is about you, we love to hear your yep. story. So, we've been in your, you know, seeing the, you, you in the news, in your LinkedIn profile, but we'd love to hear from you, your story. Yeah, um, I guess so. I am a 23-year-old founder of an events app called Invited. Uh, it all started at university. So I was at UWA finishing my uh, undergraduate in uh, finance and economics. And at the time, I was part of a few clubs and societies and I wanted to throw parties. But the issue was that we couldn't bring down first-year students because they didn't use Facebook. And so I was like, well, Snapchat and Instagram don't have events. I want to build something for them so that I can throw a party and I can invite them. And that's really the, how Invited all started. Um, and we ended up, my co-founder at the time, Jordan and I starting it uh, during uh, our final semester at university. And then kind of from there, it ended up becoming our career job. Cool. Nice. Well, you talk about you talk about the story of how, you know, you you got the idea of yep. invited and informant and etc. So, let me go a little bit back. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Mahalo. Yeah. Um, I think I was always just a very different child. Um, I always like I know when my friends were watching YouTube videos about gaming, I was watching TED talks. Um, I was always like curious about everything. Um, I think like curiosity was at the heart of my personality um, and, and still is. And so um, that's really like driven me to a lot of different places. Um, I know like with my first job and this was a job that my parents couldn't even believe that I got. I was uh, year 10 at the time and I was making memes, Star Wars memes in fact. Um, and someone hit me up and asked if I wanted to actually get paid to make memes. Of course I said yes. Um, and I told my parents this and they thought it was a scam until the very first paycheck came through. Um, and so like, I've always been a little bit left of field in, in that way and uh, kind of in where I go down my career path. So it's interesting. So that's the first time that I hear a story with this perspective of uh, feeling different and now uh, different from the friends and etc. So was that hard? Um, it's a good question. I know uh, for me, it was just the norm. Um, I guess like uh, I ended up surrounding myself by just very curious and, and different friends. 
um, whom I love very much. Uh, so I think it almost acted like a natural filter. So it personally didn't affect me uh, too much growing up, but it was definitely something that I just noticed that I had different interests. Cool. Uh, and then you decided to go to your new study at UWI. So yes. can you share with you, you're still a very young guy, so yeah. uh, you know, being being an entrepreneur, founder, and etc. So yep. not long ago, you were making a decision to go into university. Yes. So how was that process, knowing that you were a little bit more curious, a little bit different, how, what, how you chose what course you do and yeah. you know how was that process i know um i didn't have a choice whether or not i went to university i have very strict serbian parents and it was an expectation um if i wanted to have a roof over my head that i would have to go to university Damn so right. i i would say that they chose it for me but um i know like when i was picking my degree i actually wasn't sure what i wanted to do at the time um i thought i wanted to do law my parents were like go become a doctor and then i was like you know what I just want to do finance instead because I was like, um, at the end of it, it seems like a pretty good choice. I always liked uh, maths um, and so went down that finance route. Very good. So here we are, university, and then you tell a story, well, you tell a story of uh, your first job, let's say. So yeah. then you went to university, got involved with student clubs and yeah. etc. So uh, do you have other stories about uh, being more entrepreneurial or, or building things or having companies or before you mm. ever thought about invited yeah um it's a good question because like when i think about like building things i re i really do go back to like the meme pages because like there i actually started my own meme page and it was the very first thing that i, I built and grew and um from there that actually was like the foundation for everything else that i did so when i was at university i took an entrepreneurial class called bloom um, and there, you know, I had this idea for a different startup called Payday where people could get their pay earlier um, rather than having to wait two weeks or, f or four weeks. Um, and so I used my Star Wars meme page, uh, Just Jedi Things, uh, to get people to respond to a survey about it um, in order to end up getting like an A for that class. Um, so very much like uh, I, I was always like leveraging the things that I had already like built and grew um, to, to new and different things. Um, obviously, you know, like what does a startup at uni have anything to do with a Star Wars main page? Well, I wanted to make the connection and so I did. Very good. Awesome. So uh, knowing a little bit of your story, so uh, uh, well, uh, to be more clear on that, so remember we met. Yeah. When you uh, register yourself or you know apply to be part of uh, a student competition, right? Yes. So the GSA, the EO. Yeah. Funny enough, the previous conversation I had in changing the game. Yeah. Was with someone else that also participated in that. Oh, amazing! Uh, competition. Amazing. So I don't know. It's a trend. Uh, and uh, at that point in time, it was a little bit in, in, in the middle of the COVID still period, yep. which, uh, which is the period where you, you, you know, had the idea and created and invited. So yep. how, how, how was that creating an event business mm. in the middle of COVID? Yeah, well, uh, it was lucky. So one, we're in Perth. Uh, which uh, ended up, even though we had lockdowns, uh, life got 
fairly back to normal uh, pretty quickly um, and people were able to go out and still have fun. But kind of like the thing that I was thinking about always in the back of my head was like eventually this pandemic will end. And so if I start the idea now where nobody's thinking about throwing events and parties that I'll already be ahead um, by the time that it's over um, and hopefully at a place where, you know, once everybody is ready to get back to partying uh, that they can and there's a platform ready for them to use. Nice. So, uh, that's interesting. So never, never thought about, uh, that sort of anticipation and seeing a situation yeah. where, you know, it's not happening now, but it's going to happen in the future. So, uh, how was, how was to start? How was, uh, your journey to build up the yeah. venture? So, you know, to get the idea, get your co-founder together, uh, develop that idea, get money to fund it. How was the story? Yeah, um, it was all just about solving little problems along the way. So the very first little, which is definitely a major problem that I had was I had this idea, but I couldn't build it because I don't know how to code. And so the very first thing I needed to find was someone who wanted to build this with me. Um, and it was lucky at the time uh, that uh, my girlfriend then, she uh, introduced me to Jordan, um, who ended up becoming my co-founder. Um, and he did data science and and his background. Um, and then we got a few of our friends as well to help us out. Um, we were building this all in the computer labs at UWA. Um, so it was uh, a lot of fun, you know, just after classes, Monday to Friday, we were there just, you know, designing on Figma and then ending up building something, just something scrappy and then scrapping that and iterating and making something better. I know we then entered into um, a competition a startup competition in may of 2021 so invited started in like march of 2021 then in may uh we entered into that we won um and from there we decided all right let's take this a little bit more seriously because it seems like a really good opportunity um and uh we ended up just yeah basically leveraging the people that we met you know ended up working out of um space cube and also uh we work uh in the city uh, just because of the people who had connections there. Um, and so it was really sweet just uh, jumping around um, and basically living the startup life. Mm. I know around June, uh, we applied for Startmate, didn't get in, but that's when we started looking for funding. And um, one of those things where I just like looked up as many YouTube videos, articles as I possibly could about fundraising because I knew nothing about it. I thought it would be as easy as, you know, walking in and being like, hey, this is my idea. Please give me a million dollars and someone would just hand you the money, but really not the case. It's all about building relationships, especially over like a sustained period of time. Um, and so what I had was like a spreadsheet of like all the investors I wanted to talk to. And it was almost like a CRM, right? Uh, to figure out had they said no, were they interested in talking and whatnot and going through that list very systematically. Um, and we met our current investors, Galileo, who are our first investors in July. Um, and then we caught up with them like every two weeks, showed them our progress, what were our numbers like, you know, we would meet while the product wasn't built necessarily, we were able to get a, a wait list going to just show that there was interest in it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, going from there. Um, and then in December, Galileo invested with a few other angel investors, which was fantastic. So that was how we got our first round of funding. It did take um, almost nine months. To, to get there. So uh, there's a few interesting things in what you just shared. So one is, uh, oh, I just thought it was going to be easy. So, yeah. you know, that's my idea. Give me $1 million. So yeah. uh, strike me as, uh, I'm curious about the fact that, uh, yeah, you, 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 you had to believe that it would be easy. Yeah. So 
But then you you went about to study how to do it, and and you talk about Galileo uh, being your first investor. Yep. So if I'm not wrong, this is uh, second half of 2021. Yeah. So Galileo is in Sydney, right? Correct. Sydney and Melbourne, okay. and I'm in Perth. Yes. So it's all Zoom still, calls, and we're still locked down by. Now, by the not, border. Not, not in WA, but with the borders closed. Yeah. Couldn't travel, couldn't meet you with Dan. Yeah. H- how was that? Yeah, so it was all just uh, Zoom calls. Um, mm. I guess building a relationship over Zoom. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty normal. I know when I ended up meeting James and Hugh for the first time after they invested as well, I was like, damn, Hugh's tall. And I was like, oh, <laughs> James is exactly what I pictured him to be. They're the two managing partners. They're, they're absolute legends. Um, and... Yeah, I guess like over Zoom, you're still able to make a pretty good professional connection with people. Um, it's hard to like lie when you have data, right? Like data at the end of the day is what investors want and they, that's what they want to see. Yeah. You present them the data, you know, numbers don't lie. So um, you can kind of tell that story behind that. So I'm, I'm curious about that because you, you, you know, yes, I did over Zoom and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and it come, I can see it coming very natural from you, like, mm. you, know, so, you know, just reach out and just have the Zoom calls and etc. Mm. Do you think that's related to your age or demographic? Because the assumption is that to, you know, particularly to have some money invested, so you, you, you'd you have to have some sort of meeting or some sort of uh, face-to-face sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, where did you get that confidence from? And you think it has to do with your age? Yeah, I think I was just naively optimistic. Um, I, I, I still think I am. And like when I look back on the time, like when we got investment, I was like, I honestly can't believe they invested in us. Yeah. You know, like looking back from where we were then to now, I was like, maybe now they should have invested in us. Not then, but, you know, I guess that's the theory of like investors that, you know, they get in early. If they see an opportunity, they meet founders that they like um, that fit their investment mandate. I mean, yes, I'm young, but like what I'm working on is for young people, right? And so like, I really yeah. have that uh, that startup founder fit um, that investors are looking for. You yeah. know, they yeah. they wanna make sure that I care about the problem and I experience it, so that Very works. Very good. Uh, so potentially these venture capital investors are there and you know, if they don't do that, so what else they gonna do? Because, yeah. you know, they can travel as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good, very nice. So uh, tell me more about, uh, okay, so you got through that barrier of getting your first investment. Now you have something to work with yep. uh, and you have to build your uh, your MVP, help to yep. build your solution. Yep. Uh, tell us more about the journey of uh, from what you think, yep. you f- what you thought that product would be and people would engage yep. to the reality of you know, putting MVP in the marketplace and, and get people to sign up. So tell us about that journey. Yeah, so um, when, the, when the money came through, we were like, oh, okay, so now we can like go hire people and like we can figure out exactly what we wanna build. Um, and so at the time, Invited was a website, but we were like, no, we want it to be a mobile app um, because ultimately we would to go after Gen Zs. Gen Zs are a mobile app first generation. They don't really use websites as much. Um, and so it was really about like hiring people who had that skill set, both to like maintain a website and also to build an iOS app. Yeah. Um, and so that was like the very first lesson was more so figuring out, okay, how do we even hire someone? Like I've never hired someone before. Um, and so I guess like rather than looking at the way that companies did it, we just looked at it from first principles where we were like, 
we need someone to be able to do this, this and that. We make a technical assessment for them to test that. If they can do it, we'll hire them. If they can't, we won't because that's what we need um, as the company that we are. We don't necessarily need anybody with any other skill sets. That actually worked really well as a, as a great filter. Um, I know one thing that I learned kind of as CEO is like the three most important things of a CEO to do are be able to recruit, um, be able to maintain morale and raise money. And those are basically like the, the three key pillars um, of a good CEO. And so on the recruiting front, I was like, well, the best way to recruit is to cast a wide net. And so ideally what you want is you want as many people applying as possible because then statistically, one of those people is much more likely to be great um, than if you have a smaller pool. Um, and so I went on LinkedIn and I looked for um, viral recruiting posts and I found one and I just copied and pasted it and just changed the name to invited and like made it just invited specific. And it ended up getting like a million views on LinkedIn and 1,400 people applied for a role to be a front end developer. We only had one role available. Um, and Jordan and I were like, crap, what are we gonna do with the 1,400 applicants? There's only two of us to look through them. Um, and so that's where we were like, okay, rather than looking at resumes or anything like that, let's just give everybody this technical assessment, you know, do it blind, pass fail them based on that assessment and we'll use that to cut it down. And so of the 1400, 600 did it. And of those 600, we cut it down to 60 for interviews. And then we did a technical interview to a cultural interview to a second culture interview. Um, and we ended up hiring actually instead of one, two people um, outside of Australia who were the best candidates by far, which was awesome. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so it was like, I always thought that we'd just be hiring from Australia, but we ended up hiring outside. You said 1400 candidates applied for the Correct. job. Yeah. It's actually very good performance of a job ad. So yeah, yeah, and, and it was completely organic. Yeah. Nothing paid for, which is, I mean, great. Very know. good. So I think we may have to learn something from you guys. Yeah. See how you did this. Uh, very good. So, what what about my previous question? So then, yep. then you know, hire some people, uh, yep. and I put the MVP out there. What about that difference between or not between uh, the first clients, the first signups, the first downloads? Yeah. So, what those the people you thought you're gonna be, or how that story goes? Yeah. So it was like I, I think one of the very first events that we had was um, some housewarming in San Francisco. Uh, and how that person heard about us was actually through that LinkedIn job post. Okay. Um, someone had mentioned it to her that, hey, I need to throw a party, or oh, you should use this platform. So she did, and like, we got in touch, and it was actually really good like getting that user feedback. Um, and then we also threw our own events on Invited um, as founders um, to hopefully get people to, to see it, to use it, our friends, and see what they thought, get their feedback on it. Um, and that I know that led to actually quite a few more events happening as a result, which is fantastic. Um, and so it was like a mix of, you know, that marketing um, side as well as the organic side. Um, I know then we decided, okay, after, you know, a few thousand users, we realized our user base are like two thirds female between the ages of uh, 15 to 24. Okay, brilliant. Where, where did they hang out? TikTok, let's go down the TikTok route. So we started up a TikTok account and just started focusing heavily on TikTok, hired someone to make TikToks for us. Um, and that worked out really well and ended up scaling from there, um, which was uh, fantastic. Okay. Fast track to today. So yeah. where, where is the company today? Yeah, so um, now Invited is a mobile app available on the App Store. It still is a website. 
Um, and one of the things that we're doing now is expanding beyond just events and looking more into the social media side of it. Um, because I think what we realized early on was like with events, events happen very like periodically. Um, you know, you might host one event once every six months um, and you might attend an event once every two or three weeks. Um, and it's not something that people engage with like necessarily daily. Mm. And we really wanted to get up user retention. And the best way to do that is through different social features. So rather than just focusing on events only, um, expanding that out into being like, hey, you want to be able to add your friends, see what they're posting. Um, and that at the moment is um, what we're building next for Invited. Very nice. So, uh, okay, you are a natural, a natural like you know, like you like the way you mentioned before is I'm naively optimistic sort yeah. of sort of guy, right? So, uh, and you are you are this nice person. You always smile. Always uh, look like everything goes well. Yep. So, what about your war stories, right? So some of our you know the people listening to us and watching us. So. Yep. Uh, potential entrepreneurs that are looking at yeah. you know your journey as 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 a benchmark or as you know as a, as a role model for them to look at things. Yeah. Uh, well, I know uh, that the journey is not that smiley all the time, right? Yeah. So, what about if you pick one or two voice stories to share? With yeah. Us? Yeah, I think uh, the first one is just getting used to rejection. So yes, I I'm always like smiling and and happy, but it's like um. Behind it is ultimately like as a founder, you will be rejected a lot of the time, whether it be um, from investors. So we pitched to 60 investors and one said yes. So we got 59 no's, or as investors like to say, not yet. Mm. Uh, and so it was like, that's a lot of time and effort that I've gone into like cultivating a relationship just to get rejected. Um, at the same time, you know, you'll get rejected from candidates. So when we were hiring people um, throughout the period, you know, people that we thought would be a sure yes, ended up saying no because they got an offer somewhere else, right? They, rather than working for a startup, they wanted to end up working for a big tech company. And it's like, you always just have to have a backup plan or if not a backup plan, always looking forward. Because I think like when you die as a startup is just when you give up. Right, yeah, you can die when you run out of money. And in my personal opinion, that's better than giving up um, because at least then you've exhausted, hopefully, all options mm. possible. Um, so it's never giving up, always looking forward and knowing that somewhere out there you will find that person that's right, whether it's an investor or a candidate um, to hire. Um, probably, and then another story is, well, I've talked a lot about Jordan, but Jordan's unfortunately left invited. And he left on probably like the best terms that co-founders could leave. He decided to step away for his own personal reasons. You know, just running a startup is extremely stressful. Um, and I think like Jordan's story really shows that, you know, with startups and the stress that it can cause, it can uh, really affect you uh, personally. And like at the end of the day, you always have to make sure you're doing what's right for you because there's no point in running a startup if you're going to just, um, you know, fall away at the seams and it's going to impact your personal life and and how you think and feel about yourself um and so i think like just being able to be in touch with yourself and, and what you're doing um and what you're thinking and feeling is super important because at the end of the day the startup journey is not for everybody um and you you can figure that out doing one or you can figure it out beforehand at the end of it right for some people it's not for others and 
it's not a bad thing. It's just important to, to know what your limitations are um, and then just be able to, to recognize and appreciate that. So that's a fantastic share, Mahalo. So uh, it, yes, I think uh, the thing that I heard the other day is that uh, when, when you hear about being an entrepreneur or read about it or come to an accelerator and you see the pitch, so you're about this uh, marvelous life of yeah. building your company and become a millionaire or whatever <laughs> it is. So, but nobody, uh, very rarely people tell you the, you know, the other side of things, yeah. you know, the side of the, the sacrifice and the hours and the rejection, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're quite right. So I'm, 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 I'm sad to hear about uh, Jordan, but uh, yeah, I, at the end of the day, it's not for everyone. So, yeah. uh, it does require that sort of uh, extra dedication, resilience, and you know the, the amount of rejection and the volume of work. So you're quite right on that. So, uh, well, you know, they, you know, you, uh, we we met before, so you know that I'm an angel investor. So it's a part yeah. of that story, the, yeah. the goods and the bads, uh, the journey to raise capital. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience on that. Of course, you tell you told you know the. The initial story of pitching yeah. to 16 to get one and yeah. was a nice pre-seed raise yeah. uh, with Galileo is a nice yeah. brand behind, you know, uh, backing you. Yeah. So, but the journey continues, right? Yeah. So the money at certain point uh, uh, finishes and you, know, you need yeah. butter capital. So yeah. how that goes? I, I think the fundraising process is always ongoing. Um, and you know, you can be actively fundraising and really what that means is you're like going out seeking meetings to pitch. Um, but with uh, the passive side of fundraising that's always there, it's going out and just meeting investors, um, starting those connections early, meeting them like how we met at a very random spot, right? Which was some student competition for entrepreneurship. Mm. Um, and, you know, we ended up talking about invited and then over the course of must have been six to nine months, you decided to come and invest. And I, I feel like that like so process. That's a good disclosure, everyone. So I yeah. am one of the investors in Invited. So yeah. 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 Uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, sorry if I've added you there. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I think that process is really you go meet someone, um, tell them about Invited, give them updates, whether it's a monthly investor update on an email um, or it's just catching up for coffee, asking for advice. That sort of stuff because then there comes that point where you're like i we need to raise more money um it's either because of growth or like you know we got to make sure that we have enough money to be able to pay people um and it not having that cold start it's really helpful because hopefully by then you know investors have figured out do do i want to invest in you do you fit my funds investment mandate do i, do I like you as a founder do i think you have that one percent chance to become a unicorn mm. um and return the fund so, yeah. Very good. Uh, tell us about uh, where Invited is today. Yep. More, what's the current situation? How's it going? Yeah. What, you know, what are your plans? So just a couple of weeks ago, I came back from the US. So Invited has been big in um, Australia, but now um, I want to move it over to the US and specifically uh, to colleges. Um, and so I spent a month over there talking um, to different students at those colleges. Um, to see, you know, how do they run events? What are they looking for? What features do they want? Um, and now really it's just uh, 
executing on that and um, making sure that invited can become the dominant player in the events and social space of universities and colleges in Australia, in US and longer term around the world. Nice. So uh, what would you uh, remember back the time you're there at, at, at university and thinking yeah. about what to do and suddenly you figure out that there was a problem that you could go after solving it. So do you have any tips for students that are in that point where they're not founders or entrepreneurs yet? Yeah. Uh, but they think these, you know, uh, I think they, they want to have a goal and that's the thing yeah. for them. So would you have any tip? Yeah. Um, firstly, do it. Uh, it I, I think like, especially being young, I have no responsibilities. I, I have no family or kids to really look after. Um, now is kind of the time that I can take my most amount of risks because startups are very risky. Um, and so even if you come into the mentality that, hey, you know, there's only a 1% chance I succeed, um, you may as well try it now while you can. Um, probably the second part of it is um, really just like getting down and trying to create the simplest, barest version of it um, and get one user on it or one customer. You know, for us, it was just get one event, one organic event, something that we have no relation to. Um, because that will tell you um, if there is any market for it. And if you have one person on there, then your next goal is to get two. Yeah. Um, 10, 100, 1,000, and you just scale from there. But really simply, just like start from bare basics. You're not gonna build a billion dollar company without you know taking that first step and that finding that first user and customer. Very nice. So you, you, you cover quite a lot. So, you know, I talk about from the idea, from your background, from the idea, how you started, how you get yeah. your first uh, uh, investment check and and your war stories with, you know, the fourth founder and you know, how you go about that and et cetera. Yep. So maybe, maybe uh, one more question for you to let us know what you're thinking about uh, mm. um, one of the criteria that investors look at in our companies that they want to invest or not yep. is to know how much the founder is aware and and have a plan mm. to have a exit. Yes. Right? Uh, how you, Mahalo, think about an exit? Um, well, ultimately, there's only three possible ways for an exit to occur. Either you die, you get bought out, or you IPO. Um, and that is kind of like the way that I'm looking at it. So, you know, with the- Never thought about dying as an exit. So yeah, yeah, well, that, well, dying is <laughs> essentially, it is an exit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you really don't want to die. Like that, that's the, that's the last- You don't want that option. Yeah, that's the least favorite. I think um, in terms of uh, the other exits, uh, I have found a lot of social media companies do end up getting acquired. Like, and, and you can see that most recently with Gas App over in the US being acquired by Discord. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things to decide. And I think the best way to decide it is based on your data as to whether or not you should exit. Um, because for instance, with Gas, they had no retention. You know, the way it was built, it was built to acquire users, but not to have any retention. So it makes sense for them to be acquired. 
because at the end of the day, they're going to run out of users. They can't keep this acquisition strategy, especially if no one is mm. um, going to use it over the longer term. And where I think an IPO comes into play is if you have high retention. So people coming back multiple times per day and you can show that because then you can stand on your own legs and be like, no, we don't need to be bought out by Discord, by Meta, um, by Google or any of those other big tech companies because we have a product that works, people love us and they keep coming back. Um, and so I think with Invited, ultimately, I would love to build Invited to be a really strong um, retention-based product, something that people are coming back to um, often um, and multiple times per day, which then leads to more revenue avenues, you know, might be ads. Alternatively for events, it could be money transfers where you're transferring people for money or tickets. Um, but the retention part of it really adds to it. Um, and so hopefully building that into its its own company. I mean, I think ever since I was in year 11 or 12, after watching Wolf of Wall Street, I've wanted to IPO a company. Um, hopefully it'll be invited, but we'll see. Very nice. Uh, Mahalo, so look, one thing that's very clear about you, so it was clear from you since the first time that I met you, is that you, you, you definitely have this sort of uh, energy and empathy and and uh, you know it, it looked like you are having fun. It looked like you know you're passionate about this. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, you know not everybody have that. So uh, it's great to see that. So uh, I do regardless of the fact that I'm an investor in your business. So yeah. I I wish that invited uh, gets to where you would like to, and, and I wish all the success. So for me, it's a privilege to have you here to share your, you know, your journey. So uh, there will be people hearing, listening, and 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 watching us. So and I think they get a little bit to, you know, to inspire themselves. So yeah. thank you very much for uh, coming. No worries. Thanks so much, Wilson. Yeah. Cheers. Hello, everyone. Uh, this Mahalo, Mahalo uh, Bozik. So from invited. So it's a privilege to have you here. I hope you enjoyed. And I'll see you soon in another episode of Changing the Game. Thank you. Bye, guys.